Yasmin, come and read for me. Open your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken over the entire Roman world. This was the first cen census that took place while Quinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judah to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married married with him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave to birth to their firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and glory to the Lord, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is in the he is the Messiah, the Lord. There will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said, said to, the, to one other, Let's go to Bethlehem and see the thi this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed and, the shepherd and what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in, in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Hallelujah. I've asked them to read this scripture because I just want to give a background of what I'm really going to talk about in the next few minutes. They have read to us the beautiful story of how Jesus is born. How because of what God had said in the past that it will be in Bethlehem that the Messiah would be born. A, a census is suddenly asked for. And the census is asked for at the appropriate time to ensure that Mary would have to go to Bethlehem with Joseph. It was not a mistake that God had established it in this way. But God in his infinite wisdom who understands the end from the beginning has made it that in the moment when the Messiah was to be born, there will be a census. I want to speak to somebody today to say, you know what? God is in control of the times and the seasons of your life. 
and particular things that begin to happen in the course of your life are happening not because God is not aware of how convenient or inconvenient it could be. It is not convenient for a woman who is heavy with child to go on a journey like this. And Israel is in a desert place. So moving from Nazareth, where they were not, sorry, moving from, from, from around the area of Galilee where they were down to the Bethlehem was not an easy journey. This is why the Bible says, you know, she was tired by the time they got there. She was ready to give birth. It's not convenient. There are some things that happen in your life that appear like inconveniences, but I want to tell you God is in charge of your life. This being the last Sunday of this year, it is not a coincidence that you are here. It may not have been easy to get away from Belgium or Italy or the UK to be here, but God knows how to place things into time and into perspectives and into moments so that your life can be ordered. And it needs a person who is able to key in to what God is doing to receive of the blessings and the grace of God. Amen. So here we have the situation where they've gone through the inconvenience and they end up in Bethlehem. She gives birth in a manger. I, 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 if, when I look back at when my three children were born, my wife was asking me to make sure that everything was ready. The car was ready and, and, and everything was comfortable. The nurses came to check whether the room was ready for the baby to come into. They were asking, have you bought this and have you bought that and have you got this? And everything was being made perfect and good and, and clean. And, and, and now you get your savior being born in a manger. It's not a place that had been prepared. It's not a place that had been made for a king. It does not fit for somebody who says, I'm God to come and be born in the place which is dirty where the animals come to eat. But there in the inconvenience and in the insignificance of a manger, your life is in the hands of God. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I need to tell you that you might appear insignificant, but before God, you are not insignificant. Because in the insignificance of being born in a manger, the Bible says, men came over to say, this is what God has been speaking about. To us, a Savior is born. The angels gathered because he was born. There were other children that were being born in beautiful palaces. There were other babies that were being born in wonderful places. But the angels didn't gather to sing for him or for those children. The angels gathered to sing for one who had been born in a manger. Who am I talking to? Your life appears to be insignificant. You feel like you are left out. You feel like you've been thrown to nothing. But God has you in mind. God has your name written on the palm of his hand. God has you in his sight. And so God sends the angels and the shepherds and the three wise men. If you think you are wise, I hope you are searching God. Because wise men sought God. Herod did not seek God. His wise men did not seek Jesus. But the wise men sought God. Don't be comfortable in your places where you are and fail to meet with God. Hallelujah. Because wise men seek God. And when I say men, I mean the woman as well. 
Therefore, you have no excuse. Amen. God bless you, my daughter. All the way from Belgium. It's good to see you. Wise men sought God. They sought him who was in a manger. And you know what? Just to illustrate something here. You see, the wise men, when they were coming, when they asked people about the wisdom of, the, of what they were looking for, it was not in a manger that they were expecting to find a savior. This is why they went to who? To Herod. And said, let's go to the important people. Let's go to those that uh, probably have status. I don't know who I'm talking to. This is not what I wanted to end up, but I need to... It's not those that have status that are going to help you. It's Jesus. Your satisfaction is not in the palace of Herod. It is in a manger. What am I saying? Don't miss the moment of your own visitation because you're looking for the high and beautiful. For the glamorous. Don't expect that it's going to happen to you in a glorious way. It might happen in the most simplest of ways or sometimes in the most insignificant of ways. <laughs> You're expecting a big, big man to lay hands on you and then you find it's a small boy. Remember now, Naaman, he says, the man didn't even have the courtesy to come out of his house and greet me. How can he just send his servant with a word? And even the word that he sends, he says, go and wash in a river. Are there no better rivers where I come from? You're expecting somebody in a suit and then they come somebody in a little short. Don't miss your blessing because you're looking for the high and mighty and glamorous. It might just be in a manger. The wise men could have missed it until they decided, let's not follow the wisdom of men. Let's go back to the wisdom that we followed from the beginning. And they started looking for a star. <laughs> and so the Bible goes on and talks about how the, the angels spoke to the shepherds that were there. And, and the shepherds went to see and said, this is the sign. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And the company of hosts comes out and starts to sing. And they say, glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace on those whom his favor rests. Are you a candidate for favor? You see, there is favor. And you need to be, to be prepared in your heart, in your mind to receive that favor. And, and, and he, he goes on and the angels, after the angels left them, they hurry all the way to Jerusalem. And they, I mean to, to, to Bethlehem, sorry. And they find and they find Mary and Joseph, and they praise God with them. And on their return, verse 20, where we read, says, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as had been told. In the search, the scripture, we were being, we were being taught that, you know what, God is faithful to the things that he says. 
God is faithful. What he has said, he will do. What he has promised, he will perform. God is faithful to everything that he says he will do. Now here is where I want to go with you. Where I just have one point or perhaps seven points. And the one point that I have for you is be grateful. Tell your neighbor, be grateful. Be grateful. Be grateful. And so when you continue the story, I continue with that chapter 2. After all this has been, has been happening, verse 22 talks about how when the time was come that Mary and Joseph took their child and took out of the manger where they had been lodging and, and, took, him and, 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 they, and, and took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. They took him back to the Lord. They took him back to the Lord. Now, I want to speak to somebody to say, you need to remember the Lord. You need to know the Lord and you need to remember the Lord. In all the things that I've spoken about, if you're going to receive the favor of God, you need to be in a place where you remember the Lord. Hallelujah. So Mary and Joseph remembers, remember the Lord and take him, Jesus, the baby, to be presented in the house of the Lord. And you jump with me to verse 25. In verse 25, the Bible says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout, and, 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 and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. He moved by the Spirit. He went into the temple courts when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms, praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. And he continues to give God praise and gives a word to the child and blesses the child. And as he continues that, I just want to hold your attention to the thing that happens here. You see, they have taken their child to present him in the house of the Lord. And I said, remember the Lord. Remember the source from whom all things come from. When you can remember who God is, that he is the source of all things. He is the giver of all things. He deserves to be praised. You will go back and praise him. The reason we don't go to the house of God to praise him is because we don't remember or we don't put into mind the source of all things. We begin to think that we are the ones that have made things. We begin to think that it's by our own power. We begin to think that it's by our own grace and abilities. But no, it's not. It's by His grace. It's by His ability. If He had taken out the breath out of you, you would be nothing. If He had taken out life of you, you would be in the grave. If He had not given you the things He had given you, you would have nothing. So be grateful. Remember the Lord your God. Remember your maker. He is the source of all things. Everybody say be grateful. And now Simeon receives this baby. And he looks at the baby. And he goes into a praise. Oh, thank you, Lord. The Bible says he started praising God. And he says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised. As you have promised. He remembers the promise of God. 
This is my second point. You need to remember the promises of God. Remember what God has said. Remember the things that God has declared over your life. And you say, what are those things? Those things are rich in the word of God. This is why I've been telling you throughout the year, stay in the presence of God. Stay in the Bible. Read your word. Get to know your word. The teachers have been teaching us how to read and what to read and when to read and helping us go into that word. You need to get that word so that when things begin to happen, you can be like Simeon who says, thank you, Lord. You have done according to your promise. You see, God always performs his promise. He promised in the times of old that a virgin will give birth to a son and a virgin gave birth to a son. He promised that I'll send you a savior and now we have a savior. He promised that I'll give you another who will help you and the Holy Spirit is with us. All the things that the Lord has said, he has done and he will do. Is there something that the Lord has said in your life? I need you to be grateful that the Lord has said it. Because in the fullness of time, the Lord will do it. Everybody say he will do it. In the fullness of time, God shows up and performs that which he had spoken. You see, I'm, I, I'm, I'm thinking when the time Isaiah was speaking and was saying that, you know what? There will come a time when a virgin will give birth to a son. I'm sure there are some people that said, ah. In all this time, it has never happened. What are you saying? It says, but it will happen. And so when it began to happen, this is why Simeon rises up in a song of praise and says, Lord, thank you. I have seen your promise. I have seen your salvation. Now, Lord, let your servant depart in peace. I'm good enough to die, Lord, because I've seen the greatest promise of all, that a virgin has given birth to a son. I've seen your salvation. He has seen the salvation. Why he was holding a baby, but he says, I've seen your salvation. Why? Because God is faithful to his word. Somebody needs to be grateful. Can you say, I'm grateful? Be grateful to the word that God is, is, is giving and is speaking and is doing. You know what? If God has not answered you yet according to his word, it's okay because he's answered the other brother and he's answering the other sister. You heard Ikena say, oh, this is the scripture that I was holding on to. My dad was kidnapped. I know when he called me, he didn't sound like the Ikena I know. My dad is gone. He's kidnapped. I don't know what to do. I said, I don't know either. But you know what? I know there is a God we can call upon. So he's been calling upon the Lord, calling upon the Lord. And then he calls me and says, Pastor, I have a testimony. I said, this sounds like the can I know what has happened. Dad is going to come back home. Why? Because you know what? I see God. I've seen his salvation. Daddy may not have been home yet at that time, but he says, Dad is already coming back home. And I'm thankful to the Lord. He was singing a song of praise because he's grateful that God has answered him. He has done something according to his word. You know what? God always does something according to his word. If God has given you a word, it's okay if it's not yet fulfilled in the fullness of time, it will be fulfilled fulfilled are you grateful I'm grateful to the Lord that he always comes to do as he has promised so he does that which he had promised for Simeon and 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 he, he, you go on Simeon continues to praise God and I'm gonna jump 
at, the, at that, and the Bible goes on in, in, verse, in verse 36 and says, There was also a prophet or a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Peniel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old and she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. This woman is now 84 and she got married at a certain age, only lived with her husband seven years and afterwards the husband died and the Bible says she was found worshipping in the house of the Lord. She was found praying and fasting. Oh, this woman is grateful. She's been grateful to the Lord. She's grateful for something. She's not grateful because, because her husband is gone. Normally you are not happy when your husband dies or your wife dies. At least this is what I see and my wife is still alive. But when I look at those that have lost a loved one, you see how the pain, the sorrow, is not the thing they are going to be grateful for. But they will tell you that, you know what, I thank God. I am grateful that I am still alive. They become grateful to the fact that they still have hope. They still have life. In that life, those that are able to live long like this woman lived after seven years and she goes all the way to 84. If you, if you go back into the history, she married young. So she was more than 50 years a widow. So don't, it's not like she was just 70, so she's just maybe three years until 84. She married, she, she didn't have children because she got married and had no, not have time to have children in the seven years. And somebody is saying, Pastor, I got married last year and fruit of the womb is not coming. Keep quiet. Swoman, seven years and nothing to show for it. Husband dies and still nothing to show for it. You've got a hope. You've got a future. If your husband is still alive, you need to be grateful that he's still alive. Oh, who am I speaking to? So this woman is grateful. I know some of you have lost dear things, but you're still here. Be grateful. This is what the Lord was laying in my heart. That go and tell my people to be grateful at my word. To be grateful for who I am. To be grateful for the things that I've done. Not to cry about the things they don't have. But to be grateful about the things they have. Oh, be grateful. Tell your neighbor, be grateful for what you have. God was laying on my heart to say, look at Anna. You know, I could have looked for a nice psalm that says, give God thanks, give God praise. But, but God was saying, look at the life of Anna. You know, she's a widow. All she did was worship for the rest of her life. All she did was praise for the rest of her life. All she did was give thanks for the rest of her life. And she fasted and she prayed. All she did was give me glory. Can you tell my people to be grateful for the things they have? You may have lost your feet, but you've still got a mouth. You may have lost your hands, but you still got your head. Be grateful. You may not have passed the course, but you're still here. Oh, who am I speaking to? The husband still may not be coming, but you're still here. You can still wear your nice, beautiful dress. Put on some makeup that goes this way. You're still here. Be grateful. 
Stop mourning and moping about the husband that's not yet there. Start giving God praise and being grateful that you are single. You know what? There are some people that are married and wishing, oh, how I wish I was single. Do you hear what I'm saying? I've got people that call me by night and say, Pastor, what my husband did, Pastor. The voice goes away because they can't explain it. And then you get another call and say, Pastor, I've been waiting. Now I'm 26. Come on, keep quiet. And start being grateful that you're 26. Be grateful that you're 43 and not married. Be grateful that you are still a brother at your age. And all your siblings have got six children each and you have none. Be grateful that you can be an uncle to all of them. Be grateful, somebody. To, am I speaking to someone? Be grateful. Be thankful for the things you have. Oh, don't worry that your bike goes quirr, quirr, quirr. At least you have one. There's somebody who doesn't have a bike. There's somebody who's fallen off their bike. But you have one which goes as you go. Be grateful for it. Be grateful for the car that you have. That you have to push a little bit. And you're watching at the neighbors watching. You push a little and you jump in, close the door. And the car begins to be grateful that at least I have one. Come on, somebody. We need people that are grateful to God. God is saying, can my people see the things that I placed at their hands? We need to, be, to come to a place where we are thankful that you have some food. Even it is all you have is some rice and some water. Eat that rice and some water with thanksgiving. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. Worship God before you eat it. Because tomorrow there might be some meat on that table. You know, but you need to be grateful today. When you... Oh, they're all telling me to stop preaching. <laughs> Don't take it for granted. That's the message of Christmas. Don't take it for granted. We, we, it's so easy to take it for granted. Last week, my sister came and said, you know, I just want to thank God for life. You know, just, just to be alive. And, and somebody might be saying, ah, is that a testimony? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It is a testimony. Because somebody just died. You know, while I've been preaching this sermon, millions have died. Do you know that? Maybe not your relative. Sometimes even your relative. But millions have died. As I'm preaching right now, every second somebody is dying. And in Africa, they are even dying for things they should not be dying over. And then we got, ah, that devil, come on, it's not the devil. But be grateful that you're alive. I don't have this, I don't have that, but what do you have? This is what God is asking. What do you have? So Anna praises God. And this is also what Anna says. Now the Bible says, you know, Anna was there fasting and praying. Verse 38 says, coming up to them that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. And this is my last point about what we need to be grateful for. While in the trenches, while in the hard times, while in the not so beautiful by and by, when things don't seem to be going the way they're going, look into 2017 and begin to thank God like Anna thanked God. She thanked God about the future. Ah, oh, you didn't hear me. 
she was grateful about the future. Thank you, God, that you've given me what I have. Thank you, God, that you've given me the things that I have. Thank you for the past that you have done. Thank you that you have been faithful to your word. Thank you, Lord God, that you are true. The shepherds, when they heard the voice of the angels telling them to go to Bethlehem and look in a stable and they will find Jesus in a manger, the Bible says they went back to their sheep rejoicing because they had seen all that which they had been told. God has your future in his hands. Simeon praises God and says, Lord, I have seen the salvation of people. The coming of Jesus is about salvation for you and I. Simeon says, I've seen your salvation. Thank him for salvation. That in the day of trouble, he will save you. In the day of when you need healing, he will heal you. In the day when you need somebody to speak for you, he will redeem you. In the day when you are in hard pressed and crushed, he will be your strength. He will help you. In the day when everything seems to be against you, Simeon says, I've seen your salvation. Anna says, thank you for your redemption. Thank you that God, you have brought the salvation of these people already today. You see, they saw it back then. 2,000 years ago, they had seen it, that you would be saved and be sitting here today hearing the sound of my voice uh, talking about Jesus, the Savior. They heard it back then, and they thanked God in that time. And God is saying, can you be grateful about your future? Can you be grateful about your future? If tomorrow, if today is black, tomorrow is orange. You know, the ING has something that says tomorrow is bright. Tomorrow is orange. Tomorrow is going to be bright. It's going to be orange. Why is it going to be bright tomorrow? It will be bright because Jesus is your Savior. He is the Savior. And we need to be grateful that we have a Savior. We need to be grateful that we have a Redeemer. We need to be grateful that we have a deliverer. We need to be grateful that we have a healer. You need to be grateful that you have somebody who's going to intervene in your situation and give you the peace that you seek. We need to be grateful that he came and did not seek equality with God, but became human like you and I. Somebody was telling me that, you know what, when Jesus was born in the manger, the animals that were there were rejoicing to say, oh, finally, now we don't have to die for anyone because Jesus is born. He's going to die. They were grateful. If those animals could have come to rejoice and look at him and have a good sight at him, you also, how much more should you be grateful? Be grateful. Tell your neighbor, be grateful. I need you to stand with me. You see, I, I'm wondering whether I should ask you to pray, but I don't want you to pray. I want you to rejoice. I, I want somebody to just give God a praise. And, and I want you to start off and just give God your own praise. I want you to sing your own song. Nee, don't play them something yet. Let them sing their own song. Wherever you are, sing a song to Jesus. Just begin to sing. I know it's going to sound chaotic, but sing your own song. Huh? Can, can, you, can you do that? 
Sing a song to Jesus. A song that just says, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I'm grateful. I thank you for what you have done. From all the Sundays throughout my life, I thank you for what you've done in the past. And I thank you that, God, my future is coming. And in the future, Lord, God, you are there. Because he is the Lord yesterday, today, and forever. He knows tomorrow. He knows what is going to happen tomorrow. He knows what is going to happen after today. He knows what is in 2017. He knows what is in 2018. Sing a song or praise to him. Give him your own praise. Sing it in your own language. If it is French, Yoruba, Twi, whatever it is, Swahili, sing it in that song. Give him the praise. Give him the honor and the adoration. Sing it in Shona, in Debele, in Zulu, in Twana. Sing in whatever language you know that, you, that can be sung to him. Give him all the praise in your Belgian, in your Flemish, and your Dutch, and, and, and your Frisian, whatever language it is. Sing him in singing a song to him. Give him some praise. Let's give him some adoration in this place because he deserves the praise. Don't take your life for granted. Don't take what you have for granted. Don't take what is done for granted. Don't take what he's done for fun. For. It's, not, it's not just by accident that you are here but God orders the paths of everyone. God holds the, the time, the hands of time in his own hands and he deserves the praise. Sing, sing to him a song in Congo language. I don't know what you see, what you, how you sing in Congo. Sing it in a language from Rwanda singing in a language or from Ghana and, and from Sierra Leone. Sing to him a song. Sing to him your own song and give him a praise because he is worthy. Hallelujah. He is worthy. He is worthy. Oh, kama shikarabo shakataya makanaka jesu oh ingwele nkulunkulu God is worthy. My God you are so good. Lord Jehovah, thank you. Oh, thank you my Lord. I praise you Jesus. Here it prize your name. Ah, oh, yeah, my God, thank you. Maroba Shimahaya. Praise him in your own way. Give him all the glory. Be grateful to him. Be grateful to him. Be grateful to him. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Oh God, Jehovah, as nations, we give you praise. As individuals, we give you adoration. We lift up your holy name, Lord God. You are worthy, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I don't know if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never made a commitment to say, Jesus, come into my life and be Lord over my life. I'm not saying about coming to church because many of us go to church on Christmas. Nothing special. But I'm talking about making that special commitment and a special decision to follow Jesus. If you've never made that decision, I give you this opportunity right now. Sing the song, You Are Alpha and Omega. Just, just sing it just quietly. But I need to give an opportunity to somebody who says, God, I need you. I need you in my life. I need you in my life. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. If you are there, raise your hand where you are. If you say, I need Jesus in my life. I've been ungrateful with my life. I've been, I've never noticed. I've never paid attention, but I need you. It's you, Jesus, I need. Raise your hand as I pray. 
Oh Jesus. Oh God, I thank you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Be Lord over my life. I thank you, Lord God Almighty, for the hands that are lifted. I thank you, Jesus. I pray that, Heavenly Father, you will touch these people. Have mercy upon their lives, oh God. Save them, Heavenly Father. Deliver them, Lord, and bring them into your own, into your own loving kindness and mercy. I pray that, Father, you will draw them close to yourself. Give them a new life, a new hope in the name of Jesus. I pray that, God, as they commit their life, Jehovah, you will bring them close to yourself in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray.